Hi, you're listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist Church. These resources are not designed to take the place of a local church, but we hope they will encourage you on your journey with Christ. For more information about how you can connect with the Second Family, visit mysecond.family. This sermon was delivered live at our Greenbrier campus. Thanks for listening. If you have your Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 is where we're going to be this morning. And we continue through this sermon series called The Imitators. And here's the deal. I have been challenged and I have been convicted going through this book. And I pray today that you will be challenged and convicted in some way because we are in God's house. We are here to worship, not only to sing, but to also live out what God says through his word. And so I pray that God will just have this moment with us together this morning. If we haven't met, my name is Jason and I have been in Arkansas. I've been in Arkansan for four weeks. And so I am excited about being here. And so I am married to Michaela. We have been married for 10 months. And so I'm just learning. And fellas, if you have any advice, just come and let me know. I'm just, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. And you're the best. That's about all I know right now. And so if you have any advice, you can come and tell me after service. But also we have a dog as well. And so uh, his name is Murphy. And so, uh, oh, look. And so... Uh, and so Murphy is just a bundle of joy and he scared us this past weekend but hey he's alive and we've only had him for about four or five weeks and so he's a schnoodle and he's a great joy also I love Mexican food so if you ever want to go eat and just tell me a Mexican place and I would love to go there y'all there's a lot of Mexican restaurants I'm finding in Greenbrier and Conway area and so y'all I'm fitting right in and so I love Mexican food But I want to start out with asking this question. Have you ever dealt with adversity? Have you ever dealt with a challenge in your life? For me, I have dealt with adversity. I have dealt with a hard thing, a hard situation in my life. And the first thing is, when I was in elementary school, I loved sports and I loved watching Sports Center. And one day I was watching Sports Center and I had the opportunity to just watch different games and different highlights on this episode of Sports Center. And all of a sudden I realized that my heart was beating extremely fast. You know, I'm sitting there laying there. I'm not really running around or anything like that. I'm just literally watching the TV. And I realized in that moment that something is not right. I went and go and tell my mom and my dad, and I was like, look, mom and dad, my heart is beating fast. I haven't been running. I've just literally been watching Sports Center. And all of a sudden, they realized quickly something was up. And so we end up going to the hospital, and that moment I realized that my heartbeat was actually beating 225 beats per minute. I mean, that's like a drum roll. And I was born with an extra valve in my heart. Something I didn't know until that moment, and I was about 10 years old, and I realized that I had to watch my heart condition because it's a pretty big deal right you gotta watch out for your heart and that was a hard time for me growing up because I had to be specific I had to be able to realize that I may not be able to do some of the things that my friends may do because of my ticker 
Or I remember when I was 19 years old and my dad passed away, had a heart attack, boom, died just like that. He was pressure washing the driveway and then all of a sudden fell and passed away. Maybe on a lighter note, and I had the opportunity to go and to be a manager at MTSU men's basketball team. And it was my first game at this, at this school at MTSU. It's right in the middle of Tennessee. And I had the opportunity to be a manager there. And, and what you realize is we played this school called Martin Methodist. And Martin Methodist is not a D1 school. This is a game where we should absolutely obliterate this team. It's an exhibition game. And for this D1 school, we thought that we should be able to kill this team, if you will. And then all of a sudden, you look at the score on, on the, behind me, and we lost. We lost to a school that's not even D1. And I'm telling you what, it was a rough start to our season. You know, I don't know where you may have been, but listen, you may have had adversity. You may have had a challenge in your life. And so maybe for you, it's a marriage. Maybe your marriage is on the brink and you're, and you're fighting and you're trying to figure out what's best and maybe going to counseling or maybe it's finances. You're trying to get through this week. Maybe it's your child. They're just driving you nuts. Whatever obstacle, whatever adversity that may be going through for students, it may be trying to get your grades up. Listen, we just got done with spring break and you're on the second part of this, this last semester and you have an opportunity to finish strong. Whatever it may be, but I think for all of us, we all have probably faced adversity in some shape, fashion, or form. And we're going to see in this passage, Paul is dealing with adversity. And, and we're going to see how we're going to see Paul go from discouraged, being discouraged because of what he's going through, to at the end of this, being encouraged. And so if you have your Bibles, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 is where we're going to be this morning. And it starts in verse 4. It says this, it says, in fact... When we were with you, we told you in advance that we were going to experience affliction. And as you know, it happened. For this reason, when I could no longer stand it, I also sent him to find out about your faith, fearing that the tempter had tempted you and that our labor not, might not be for nothing. But now Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news about your faith and love. He reported that you always have good memories of us and that you long to see us as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in our distress and afflictions, we were encouraged about you through your faith. For now we live if you stand firm in the Lord. How can we thank God for your return for all the joy we experienced before our God because of you? As we pray very earnestly night and day to see your face, to see you face to face and to complete what is lacking in your faith. Verse 11, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ 
direct your way to you and may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone just as we do for you may he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints amen let's pray God we love you God thank you so much for your love and your grace and I pray in the next few moments as we unpack this passage seeing Paul being discouraged and being able to see the report and being encouraged about what the church is doing God I pray that we may be encouraged as well so God in the next few moments I pray that you would challenge us convict us do whatever you need to for us to grow in our walk with you we love you and we thank you and we pray all this in your precious and holy name and everybody said amen so we're looking at this story and right off from the bat in verse 4 we see that Paul is discouraged we see that Paul has had a hard time and he is discouraged why because he's afraid and worried about the people in Thessalonica and so these people he wishes Paul wishes that he was with them longer but he is on his journey and he sends Timothy to go and to see but we see in verse 4 in fact when we were with you we told you in advance that we were going to experience affliction Paul immediately says to the people hey you're going to face trials you're going to have afflictions you're going to have adversity you're going to have challenges in your life and notice at the end of this verse it says it happened not only for Paul Paul he was imprisoned he suffered but also the people the Thessalonians they have experienced trials they have experienced adversity and we see in this that hey Paul has already told you that you're going to have struggles in fact John 16 it says this it says uh, Jesus said I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace you will have suffering in this world be courageous I have conquered the world maybe for you it's been a hard hard season the past two years we've been going through COVID maybe it's been a financial struggle maybe like what we talked about marriage is kind of in the balance whatever it may be but at the end of the day God is still at work God is still in control and God knows what he's doing God has a plan even when we don't see it even when we don't feel it God is working it's not a matter if we will have trouble it's a matter of when we will have trouble it's not if it's a matter of when and we see that in John 16 it says you will have suffering but notice in the last part of that verse take peace and be encouraged because Jesus has conquered the world let's keep reading in verse 5 for this reason when I could no longer stand it I also sent him to find out about your faith fearing that the tempter had been tempted 
you and that our labor might be for nothing. Paul is concerned and Paul is worried that the devil is gonna get in what is God is doing in these people of the Thessalonians and Paul is worried that the pay the faith of these people have wavered and in this moment Timothy is on his way going to the Thessalonians and I almost picture it like report card time or inspection time You know, you kind of get nervous. Maybe you're like struggling in a class and you're trying to figure out, man, I I don't know if I passed this. I got to show it to my mom and my dad, students in the room. You know, maybe you're in this room. You're like, "Ah, yeah, I know. Um, But at the end of the day, Paul is probably feeling that too because he's so worried about the people, the Thessalonians from their faith wavering. And notice the report that Timothy ends up giving. Verse six, it says this, but now Timothy has come to us from you, and here it is, and brought us good news about your faith and love. He reported that you always have good memories of us and that you long to see us, and we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all of our distress and afflictions, we were encouraged about you through your faith. So what's the report that Timothy has given? It's excellent. Like they pass. Even in the midst of the affliction, even in the midst of the distress, even in the midst of the hard times that the Thessalonians are going through and even in Paul is going through, at the end of the day, the report is, hey, their faith and their love is secure. Who is it secure for? Who's it secure in? Jesus and no matter what you may be going through no matter what I may be going through is my is our faith and love secure in Jesus let me remind you let me remind myself that God will never leave you nor forsake you God is with you and let me tell you this He's not going to leave you, even when you don't see it. I love how we sung uh, the first song this morning. I didn't even plan it. Tyler put it in there. And look, it's crazy how just God just works. Even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it, God is working. God wants to use you. God wants to use the adversity in your life, maybe because he's trying to test your faith. Verse eight, for now we live if you stand firm in the Lord. Paul is saying, if for now we live, if, notice if you stand firm in the Lord. How can we thank God for you return for all the joy we experienced before our God because of you as we pray very earnestly night and day to see you face to face and to complete what is lacking in your faith. Now he shifts into verse 11, 12, and 13. Paul is shifting this. So we've got the report. Paul, at the very beginning, he is discouraged. He is worried about the Thessalonians. We see in verse 4 and 5. And then 6 through 10 is kind of the report. 
that Timothy gives back and that the Thessalonians, their faith hasn't wavered. But now it's, hey, the prayer for the church. And let's look at how Paul shifts this and he goes into verse 11 and it says this. It says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Paul would love to go back. Paul would love to go back and to see the Thessalonians. But he says, May our God and Father himself direct our way to you. Verse 12, And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we do for you. Sometimes I'm critical of of walking through scripture super fast and I miss it but notice in verse 12 it says may you increase and overflow with love for any for one another and what does it say for everyone even the people that may have different viewpoints than you have could be on a different political party could be maybe somebody that disagrees how you parent your child whatever it may be but at the end of the day may we increase and overflow with love for everyone in verse 13 it says may he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So things I kind of take away from this prayer as we look at verses 11, 12, and 13, I kind of picture it as like a truck. I I have a truck and, uh, and I think about when you see verse 11, it says God continued to direct the way. I kind of... Picture this as a driver's seat. Like God is in the driver's seat and and he's taking the steering wheel. And you may be sitting in the passenger seat or maybe even in the back seat. And at the end of the day, God is going to take you wherever he wants you to go. In reality, that's what's happening. But I think maybe for some of us, I'm just talking about me, I like to get into the driver's seat I like to take my life wherever I want to go I want to make the decisions for myself but I think God is wanting to direct us God is wanting to direct you in your life why because one he knows best but two he has a plan and it may be down a path of discouragement it may be through a path of hardship but through those times just like the Thessalonians will your faith will my faith waver it shouldn't but at the end of the day God directs our path and so I kind of think it as God is in the driver's seat and steering the will and you look at verse 12 
when he talks about increasing our love for one another and everybody, I, I kind of picture it as still with the truck. I kind of picture it as God putting his, his, his foot on, on the gas pedal, like turning it up and making you go a little bit faster. Why? Because our love should grow. Our love should increase. Just when you put your foot on the gas pedal, the speedometer goes up. It increases. That's kind of my thought on how our love should be like. And so kind of picture as your foot being on the gas pedal and increasing in love for everyone. And then the last part, make our hearts blameless in holiness being open and honest before God. I kind of picture this still with the truck illustration, kind of like buffing out the scratches in your truck. Because we may have things in our life that could be nicks or scratches on our truck, if you were, on your life, if you will, that need to be buffed out. And we have an opportunity to present ourselves holy and blameless. And how do we do that? Spending time with God and allow him to reveal himself to us. Allowing him to show us maybe blind spots in our life that we may not be able to see, but it needs to be corrected. It needs to be cleaned up. And so I think about this as the church is, listen, we have an opportunity to be directed by God. God, show us the way. God, be able to allow us to increase in love with one another. May we be a church that increases in love for one another. And then also, may we be a church blameless in holiness. May we be set apart. May people see us doing what God wants us to do. So it leads us to being encouraged. May you, may you be thinking right now that you're kind of thinking about all the things that you're just like, man, I'm worthless. Man, I can't get over this obstacle in my life. Let me tell you something. Be encouraged, just like Paul was on the report of Timothy saying, hey, the Thessalonians are doing amazing and great things. May you be encouraged because God is doing amazing things in and through this church. He is a promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness. That is who God is. Remember when I was talking about the MTSU story, Middle Tennessee State, when I was a manager with the basketball team? And the first game that I had the opportunity to be a part of, it was the very first game that I was with the MTSU men's basketball team. We lost to Martin Methodist. Take a look on the screen real quick at what we had an opportunity to do. My dad made the 
trip down and knew wholeheartedly that we would give Michigan State a good shot. I met one little boy. He did have us in the bracket to win. And so I don't know if he knew what he was doing or he was kind of just throwing a dart against the wall. I had that feeling that we was going to go out and beat him. Our players, we prepared in such a great way that week. I didn't know if it'd be good enough to win, but I knew that our team was going to play well. Upshaw for three. He can step back and hit it. First of Middle Tennessee. See a lot go through the net early. From the tip, we just went out and executed what Coach Davis was calling. Jumping out 15 to 2 is a pretty good key to getting a win like that because we're pretty good defensively. Diddy Potts, great pass from Upshaw. They started kind of fighting back into the game and we stayed calm. We didn't kind of freak out because of who they were. Middle Tennessee, they're here. They've announced their presence in the NCAA tournament. Kevin Sparty, all they want right now. Kermit talked about it as being a game on the playground. It's shirts and skins, and it's their five guys against our five guys. Oh, my goodness, what? What was that? We knew we could take advantage of their bigs using our quickness. Help y'all fouled, and it counts. And we knew. Having Giddy on our team and him being the best three-point shooter in the nation last year, it would kind of be a good matchup. There's Giddy Potts. He can flat out shoot it. It was a great game for me, man. They knew that they belonged in that moment, and they belonged on that stage. Here come Middle Tennessee, wide to the lane, give it up. Upshaw, throw down, and a foul! The Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee, a 15 seed, has won it. For us to kind of be the Cinderella team from last year and to be trending on Twitter and uh, just being recognized everywhere we go. We definitely play for moments like that. It certainly was a great way to, to make a splash with this program, and I think it, it, it's certainly something that's carried over. When you have that kind of feeling, and when your players go through what we did and you see the, the recognition and just playing on that kind of stage, it sure makes you want to get back. I don't know if you noticed me. I was like the shortest guy on the, in the locker room. But do you really think in that moment, when we beat Michigan State, arguably one of the biggest upsets in all of NCAA tournament history, do you really think that we were thinking about Martin Methodist? Not a chance. And you think about this, at the end of the day, we have to keep moving forward. And maybe in your life, you may be going through a discouragement. My encouragement to you and to myself is to keep moving forward. I think about this church, the Second Baptist. I'm telling you what, man, it's been an amazing journey so far in the four weeks that we've been here. You think about all that God is doing in Second Baptist. Our Brooklyn mission trip just got back from doing work at Swerve Church. God moved in a, such a powerful way. Four weeks ago, Michaela and I, we end up moving here to Arkansas. And not only did we move here, but we were met with so many different people. Deacons, parents, students, all ready to help us move in to our house. I'm telling you, God is moving in this church. We spent 100 hours praying consistently for God to move in this church 
for God to move in this city, for God to move in this country, in the world. We've ended up giving over $100,000 to the advancement fund. God is at work. There's so many small groups that are happening and doing life together is we're not meant to do life in rows we're meant to do life together and being able to walk along this thing called life and to encourage one another there's servants all across this church you think about from worship to production to greeters to preschool workers to children workers on and on and on there's so many people that are using their gifts to advance the kingdom to allow somebody that has never been here before to make it as easy as possible for somebody to know exactly they're holding a baby and they know exactly where to go for the preschool area why because of this church the people God is using you in a powerful way and I want to be here to encourage you why because listen God is alive and working. God is at move. God is going to take this city of Greenbrier on a revival because God is moving in the monks of his people. And I think about this past last three verses of the prayer that Paul is giving for the church. There's three things that I think that we need to continue to do. We, we should never stop. We should continue to keep moving forward, keep living out of the overflow of what God is doing in and through us. But I think there's three things that we need to continue to do. The first is this, stay praying stay on our knees Ephesians 3 20 and 21 it says now to him who is able to do to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that is that works in us to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations the second is this stay focused on the king even in the midst of the discouragement, even in the midst of whatever may be going into your life, fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, it says this, therefore, since we have such a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. And the third is this. And I think this is what Paul was encouraged by the report of the Thessalonians. And may this be true of us. The third is this. Stay loving. Stay Loving Matthew 22, it says this, Love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't want to, do it.
love well. Because it goes back to the last verse in that passage. It says, For one another and everyone. And so if God's going to continue to work in this church, and He is, we got to stay loving as well. Philippians 3.14, and this is my prayer for myself and for you. Philippians 3.14, it says this, I pursue. In other translations, I press on as my goal prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. May we live out of the overflow of what God is doing in our lives. And if we do that, people are going to notice. Your co-workers are going to notice. Maybe even your family is going to notice. Why? Because God is alive and God is working. So don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Because God is moving. Even when you don't see it. Even when you don't feel it. Maybe you're in a season of discouragement. God is with you. Trust Him. Stay praying. Stay focused. Stay loving. Thank you for listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist. We hope that we will see you in person this next Sunday. To find more information about service times, location, and ministry offerings, visit mysecond.family. Thank you for listening.